0: Hello, America, and happy Thursday. Great to be with you for another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We've got a great show for you today, starting with some breaking news that we broke overnight that follows up on some of the original reporting we've done here on homeland security and federal collaboration, collusion with an outside censorship organization that censored yours, mine, and many other Americans Free speech in the 2020 election and possibly ongoing now in the 2022 election. We're going to have that story and some breaking news on that in a few seconds. But I want to give you the lineup first because we've got a great lineup. Last night, we had an amazing conversation with Congressman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York. And she talked to us about why New York's in play in a significant way, what is it to be expected in the economy, what Republicans need to do if they do win the election next Tuesday to show the American people they mean business. That is an incredible conversation. We're going to lead off the podcast that We're going to adapt it from the TV show Lead off the podcast with that. And then I'm going to go to one of my old friends, one of the great overseers in Congress. He was one of the most important investigators during the Clinton years after the Gingrich Revolution of 94. Bobby Charles is with us. We've got AMAC Thursday. He's a national spokesman for AMAC, but more importantly, he is also one of the great wise voices on oversight. And we're going to ask him, what are his top 10 investigations that Republicans need to be sure they get done when they take over. Well, How do we exact accountability here? And I also wanna talk to them a little bit about that rather uncomfortable speech that Joe Biden gave last night, declaring he's the arbiter of truth, MAGA Republicans and half the country is a threat to democracy, and truth is what he's really trying to enforce. That's kind of funny from a guy who just claimed his deceased son was killed in Iraq when he died from cancer, or that the Georgia law was going to create Jim Crow, too. We have record voting in Georgia. We're going to tackle that with Bobby Charles as well. So AMAC Thursday, what a great interview to get access to Bobby Charles, former Assistant Secretary of State, one of the true great investigators in congressional history, kind of led a lot of the big investigations in the, after Newt Gingrich led the 1994 revolution in Congress. And I think we're October 2022, feels a lot like October 1994 to me as a reporter, could be a wave election. Uh, and uh, from that will become a huge opportunity for Republicans to create accountability, transparency, to fix things that are broken in Washington. Bobby is going to tell us what he thinks are the winning Factors for that a very important task and that very important slate. What is the slate? What should they be focused on? What will make a difference to everyday Americans and fix the things that are broken in Washington? That's a really fun uh, conversation. All right, let's get to that scoop because uh, it's important to me. This is one I'm very proud of. Uh, as you know, myself and Greg Piper here at Just the News broke a series of stories. During the month of October, I think the first one may have started in late September, all through October, exposing how Homeland Security, the federal agency supposed to be protecting us from terrorism, became in, uh, involved with, endorsed, collaborated, colluded with a private consortium called the Election Integrity Partnership And uh, how they outsource the acts of censorship. And we had a series of stories that really got Americans' attentions. So much so that the Intercept, uh, the uh, left-leaning news website, they just wrote a series of stories about this. NBC News has done a series of stories about this. A very serious issue. The first real extensive federally sanctioned form of censorship, widespread censorship in American history. Uh, Well, that got the attention of some of the most important overseers in Congress, including the man who almost certainly will be the House Oversight Committee chairman if Republicans take control of Congress in November, Congressman James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. He led 16 prominent House Republicans. We're talking people who are going to be chairman next year if the Republicans are in control. People who are longtime investigative experts in Congress over multiple years. Uh, They sent a letter to the Homeland Security Department, to Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, saying, hey, we are deeply concerned by the revelations in Just the News and NBC News and story by The Intercept that there was an outsourcing of censorship to a private group to silence narratives. That's the word they use, silence narratives during the election of everyday Americans, infringe their free speech. And then, oh, by the way, Secretary Marcus, you're the last person that should be arbitering truth because you went out and gave a news conference suggesting that border patrol agents had whipped migrants in that famous photo that turned out not to be what it was. And before you gave the statements you gave, making people believe that horrible incident occurred, you were briefed and told, It didn't do that. It didn't actually happen. That is a really powerful. Letter, and there is a lot of information in this letter basically on how well, all right, get, the Homeland got rid of its disinfo- disinformation governance board, but it has this outsourced arrangement with this consortium. Tickets are filed, federal agencies have visibility to what's going on, and they endorse and, and collude with this entity to create censorship in America. Very powerful letter. You can read the letter on the site, the headline of the story is very simple. Top House Republicans blister Homeland Security Chief Mayorkas over censorship and his personal honesty. Check that out. Read the letter. It's a four or five page letter. Really intense, very precise information. It echoes back a lot of what we gave you first here at Justin News, but a very, very important um, uh letter oversight and it's a sign of where Republicans are going to go and here's some fun news if you tune in tonight to the TV show with Amanda Head and I just the news no noise we're going to have Congressman Comer on in the second block I think it is he's going to be talking about why this letter what's next where do we go how concerned is he that's going to be a really fun conversation so let's enjoy that and watch that tonight if you get a chance tune in Real America's Voice 6 p.m. Eastern Time Channel 219 on Dish Network Channel 249 on Pluto and on all the apps including the Just the News app that you can download from the iOS and Android stores. Click the watch button and you can watch that show. It's pretty exciting. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to first have our conversation, Amanda, my conversation with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, and then a really robust conversation with Bobby Charles, one of the great investigators in congressional history, former assistant secretary of state in the George W. Bush administration, worked for Colin Powell and Condi Rice. We're going to have a good conversation. What are the oversight issues that Congress should take on if Republicans have control next year, what needs to be fixed first and in what order. And also, we'll ask him about Joe Biden's speech last night. A lot of people disturbed by that. We're going to get his reaction to that as well. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, our interview with Claudia Tenney, Congresswoman from New York, right after this. Is a 25th Amendment removal in Joe Biden's future? While the political left failed that impeachment, they often tweeted and provoked former President Trump's cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment due to his aggressive personality. Sometimes his harsh words, but does Joe Biden have an actual cognitive problem? That's the question that this newspaper article raised today. We're going to show you a little clip, then we're going to turn to Congressman Claudia Tenney of New York for her reaction. But take a look at Joe Biden's recent performance on the national stage. Just imagine, I mean it sincerely, I say this as a father of a man who won the Bronze Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq.
2: Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here.
0: An happy birthday to a great president. Uh, we know uh, your mom's always with you. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, I don't know where, as they say in something, I don't know where you all been. God <laughs> damn, boy. I tell you, this is a worldwide problem right now. Because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in in Ukraine. And uh,
2: I think of Iraq because that's when my son died.
0: Wow. I don't know what to say, but I know Congresswoman Claudia Tenney sure does. Congresswoman, welcome to the show. Well, great to be on. Great to see you both. Uh, the president's going to be in the Capitol. No one else will be there, but he'll be there. But uh, the least, the recent weeks, he seems to be talking past voters who were worried about the economy, crime, having a lot of verbal gaffes. How much does that uh, Biden wait way into this election?
2: I'm not sure why they're rolling him out in this obviously political speech. It's not. This is why they're doing it. They think they're going to drive out voters. And they're for good reason, because the Democrats aren't excited about him. But you know who's even a bigger drag on the ballot? Governor Kathy Hochul, because she is actually suppressing the vote uh, among Democrats. And for, you know, we're actually seeing some unusual numbers coming out of here. You're seeing some of the Long Island and other. Uh, uh, numbers showing that the Democrats aren't at their usual level of early voting, that Republicans in many cases are actually exceeding the Democrats, which is unusual. And in my district, which is way up starting in northern New York in the Adirondack region in Jefferson County and goes all the way around Lake Ontario, all the way to Niagara, right up next to Niagara Falls, my district is actually showing, which is, by the way, redistricted so we have 80,000 more people than we did in the 2020 election. Uh, let's take into account that this isn't a presidential year and it's not a pandemic election. But in terms of absentee ballots, in 2020, we had 60,000 requests for absentee ballots because of Andrew Cuomo's unverified database, and 40,000 of those were from Democrats. We now, as of this date, have 16,000 six, 16, requests for absentee ballots, 7,000 Democrats, 6,000 Republicans, and 3,000 uh, independents. Wow. So that's the huge difference between 2020 and And now, so even if you look at the percentages, the Republicans are coming out in higher percentages than they usually do. And that means that it could be uh, trouble for Kathy Hochul. We could see an historic night with Lee Zeldin actually taking out Kathy Hochul uh, for the first time since we had Governor Pataki win back in 1994.
0: Yeah, amazing.
1: My goodness, that would be incredible to see in New York. And I just I just keep seeing all of this messaging coming from the left that seems to be counter to what is reality. And the American people, I think, sense that because they are paying the higher gas prices. They do see a porous border. They do know that we're in a recession, that, you know, all of these problems that Democrats continue to deny. And then this tweet from the White House's official Twitter account about Social Security that they had to delete It seems like messaging doesn't line up for reality. But as far as voter turnout for Democrats, do they look at these these counter narratives and show up to vote for Democrats? Or do they just say, I'm going to sit this one out?
2: You know, they're using these tired old lines. They're ginning up this. Oh, we're going to take away your Social Security, which, by the way, is false. We know the Democrats have always taken away our Social Security, at least compromised it. Over seven hundred and sixteen billion was taken out of Medicare. And and given to the Obamacare uh, health program when they put out that failed database to get everyone to sign up for Obamacare back. Uh, back when Obama was uh, in in charge and and president of the United States. And then recently in the American Rescue Plan, we had over 400 million again robbed from Medicare and Social Security. We've seen inflation, which is, of course, you know, a major impact on on, uh, fixed income people like people in Social Security. Uh, The inflationary numbers caused Social Security to go up. But what do we do? We had to come in with huge amounts of money to make up for the fact that Obamacare continues to fail. We continue to not have choices with health care. It continues to be very expensive. And that's what we're doing. So people see that. They know inflation is bad. They know that there's a high pro- cost of uh, of uh, gasoline, fuel, heating oil, propane, all those things. These fossil fuels that we're dependent on in upstate New York, especially our farming community, as I'm going to be hopefully representing one of the largest, if not the largest, agricultural district in, in the northeast in upstate New York, which depends on fossil fuels, diesel now looking to potentially... Uh, be uh, you know uh, rationing. They're rationing heating oil in upstate mm-hmm. New York. Hard, you know, hard time getting fertilizer. We're going to see that impact next year. Uh, but one of the biggest things that that people are finally talking about, and people are realizing, the Democrats say, including Kathy Hochul, look away. There's no crime problem. Well, there is a huge crime problem, and even places like mine, which are rural and suburban areas of upstate New York, we have a major crime problem because of the one party rule in Albany and the policies that Kathy Hochul refuses to talk about. When you have Former Lieutenant Governor Bob Duffy, a Democrat under former Governor Andrew Cuomo, saying to Kathy Hochul, pleading with her, "Do something about this this terrible cashless bail system, the laws that were uh, that prioritize criminals over uh, victims in New York. Do something about it. It's a real problem." And then when you see this example, which I've been talking about for over a week, that was finally discussed today uh, with the with the just horrible story today in the New York Post of this woman whose husband. You know, beat her uh, senselessly, was let out on bail and killed her, shot her in her car with the children in the car the next day. This is Kathy Hochul's fault. She is not doing anything about it. She's paralyzed. The Democrats refuse to do anything about it. In fact, we think they're putting out funny numbers trying to cover up this situation and we're trying to get to the bottom of it, you know, reclassifying what crimes are to make it look like the crime crisis isn't really there. This could be potentially a real hot issue Uh, if, if we can get the numbers together Uh, you know, hopefully before Election Day. But if not, we're going to be investigating this for sure.
0: Well, funny numbers in New York uh, ring a familiar bell. I think I remember some bad numbers on nursing home deaths during COVID-19. The state under Democrats hasn't done its math well for a long time. I want to ask you quickly. I've been looking at a lot of the polling. Hispanics are moving to the red column. Uh, Suburban women are coming back. Uh, African-Americans, two or three point difference in support for Republicans this year in the polls I'm looking at and young people, 18 to 24, also moving positive message from the Republicans. You're not just against Joe Biden. You have a plan to fix everything. How much is that helping compared to just being a traditional we're against Joe Biden election?
2: I think it makes a big difference. We've always had a plan and we've always put out plans and introduced bills and done that, but we never get any credit from the media, which I think it's great that Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise and our leadership team, including uh, my colleague who I share a county with here in upstate New York, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, we have a commitment to America that's very similar to the contract with America that Newt Gingrich put out in this another historic time uh, for Republicans to surge and bring common sense back and a real plan to talk about the real issues that yeah. face Americans. And that's going to be bringing down the cost of you know the inflation, the cost of gasoline, making us energy independent, dealing with the crime crisis, empowering parents again. It's a great plan. And I think people can embrace it because. I'm calling it the uh, commitment to new york twenty four which is the district I represent, and it, and we can perfectly adapt it to that, and people are very receptive. I think we're going to have a really great night next week uh, for the Republicans. I think New York could be a shocker. I tell everybody to watch because just what I'm seeing with early voting absentees and the energy uh, all around the state, you see Republican signs dominating on all the lawns, uh, probably by at least uh, I would say you know maybe a 10 to
1: 1
2: uh,
0: advantage that we have. Yeah, that's just remarkable. Uh, Real quick. Congresswoman, very quickly. (laughs) Go ahead, Amanda.
1: Very quickly before we go. Republicans, I think, have already claimed the notion that they will win back the House and possibly the Senate, too. But if Republicans remain complacent and don't show up, then that changes things. What's your final message in the last six days going into midterms to inspire people to show up and actually vote?
2: Look, I think it's important when Republicans stay home, they elect Democrats. This is one of the most important elections. We must get out and vote to save our state and save our nation. Uh, Freedom is on the ballot and uh, self-governance. Holding back the communists is what's going on. And that that authoritarianism is for real. If you want to come to New York and know exactly how not to run a government, (laughs) uh, this is the place to watch and and learn not to do it. That's a pretty strong vote. Vote Republican. Vote common sense.
0: All right, folks. Don't go anywhere when we come back. Bobby Charles. It's a Mac Thursday. Bobby Charles is here. We're going to talk about accountability investigations, transparency, what Republicans can pick as their top 10 investigative oversight responsibilities if they win the election in November next week, next Tuesday. Hard to believe it's just four or five days away. We're going to have that conversation. But before we do that, you know how much I enjoy the extraordinary partnerships that Just the News and our sponsors and advertisers have created. It's a family. And as part of being a member of that family, because you read, you listen, you watch Just the News content all the time we get special offers that we can pass on to our audience and it's big discounts enormous discounts It's this exciting stuff one of those great partners is instaflex and they're one of our newest sponsors i want to welcome them to the family they are the best at creating a solution for joint discomfort that might be keeping you from being as active as you once were listen we get to our 50s things start hurting Maybe I skip out and I don't cut wood on a weekend when I'm out at the cabin because my knee hurts or my elbow hurts. I don't go for that extra walk because my hip feels a little out of place or achy. Well, listen, you can get on top of this, you can reverse this, you can become more active. It doesn't mean if you're 50, 60, or 70, you can't get rid of that pain. How do you do it? By getting fast, powerful joint relief from Instaflex. Instaflex contains a unique combination of five key ingredients that's found in no other product. And when these ingredients are blended, you get a formula that targets the root of your joint discomfort. It does not just try to cover up the symptoms, It goes right to the causing of the pain. It's got a great patented formula. It is very important. And here's something. Instaflex Advanced does not contain any glucosamine. A lot of people are worried about that. It has other incredible ingredients that make comfort and mobility and flexibility a possibility. You get it back. You're feeling better. I think it's one of the great products. I love it. And InstaFlex Advance is now the number one selling joint supplement at GNC. I bet you didn't know that. GNC is a really great place to go for great natural treatments. Here's a special offer because you're in the Just News family. You listen to John Salomon reports. Here's the special offer you're going to get. You're going to get a complimentary two week sample of InstaFlex Advance when you text Just News to 42424. 42424. Just text the word Just News. You know how to do that. You take advantage of that offer a lot. Not only are you going to get the complimentary two week sample of InstaFlex, you're going to get a free gift of InstaFlex Advanced Pain Cream with its exclusive oxygenated oil for fast acting relief from the pain of arthritis, backaches, and sore muscles. You're going to get that absolutely free too. Now, to do that, all you got to do is text the uh, word Just News to 42424. 42424. Two, four, two, four. Just remember that. All right. And you're going to get that complimentary two week supply of Instaflex joint support for men and women with five key ingredients. To help you turn back the clock, make you feel better, get rid of the aches and pains and get you on your horse, get you going, uh, get you more active than you've always wanted to be. All right. How do you do that one more time? Checks the word just news to 42424. Text just news to 42424. That's easy to remember. All right. A few quick uh, reminders. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. And all those terms are available at Instaflex.com slash terms. Go check them out. Instaflex, welcome to the Just the News John Solomon Reports family. Thank you for making such a great product and for also giving such a special offer. All you got to do to get started, text the word Just News, the 42424. Get rid of those aches. Get back on your horse. Get active again. That's what Instaflex promises. All right, folks, let's take that commercial break. When we come back, Bobby Charles here next on A Mac Thursday. TitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A M A C slash just news to become a four year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You know it. It's AMAC Thursday, one of my favorite parts of the week. We have this incredible partnership with AMAC, the Association of Mature Americans. They're doing amazing things every day. And they have some of the greatest experts. And one of them is a guy I've known for a long time. He worked in the State Department during the Bush years. He worked in Congress as one of its most important investigators after the Newt Gingrich Revolution in 1994. And he is one of the smartest security and investigative thinkers I've ever met in my career. He is Bobby Charles. Bobby, great to have you back on
3: the show. John, you're always so kind. And it's, of course, great that, uh, that you're working with AMAC. It's, uh, everybody is incredibly excited.
0: Uh, we enjoy it. It's such a great partnership and it's such a great group. I got my five-year membership this year. I'm excited. I carry that around with me. And I know everybody here has a special offer at Just the News. You can go to amac.us slash Just News and go join me in joining this great group and learning more about what's going on in Washington and get great discounts. So, we're, we're so proud of that, Bobby. There's a lot going on, and uh, I want to start with, I think, what will be a really fun conversation about where Republicans and investigations need to But before I do that, there was this odd speech last night. We have a nation in economic turmoil, gas prices, diesel shortages. And the president of the United States is doubling down on a speech he gave a month ago that was widely panned. And by the way, doesn't address anything that Americans want. He basically wants to take one more crack at insulting half of the country and saying that they're a threat to democracy. Is the president just talking past the electorate right
3: now? There's no question he is. I mean, John, the number one issue is inflation. People are deeply concerned about being able to make it through this winter, whether it's heating oil or groceries or gas for the car, commuting, whatever. The number two issue is crime. uh, And it pulls this no matter who the pollster is, no matter where the poll is taken. And that, of course, is uh, sort of in tandem with illegal immigration and the disintegration of the border. And then a number of national security concerns come up in the third and fourth ranks. But at the end of the day, that speech, and I watched it, was a disgrace um it was it was a disgrace times two the initial speech in which he'd identified republicans as enemies of the people enemies of the state uh etc cetera, et cetera, threat to democracy was it was a it was really a, a. i i don't know how to describe it other than to say it was disgusting it, presidents of the, of the united states have never historically come out and essentially de- tried to delegitimize uh, the totality of their opposition, and that's exactly what he did last night. I had to turn it off at a certain point because it was so, um, it was despicable. I mean, you know, you go from a candidate saying that that uh, that Americans that disagree with them are deplorables to one that says that uh, they hold on to their Bibles and guns to one that decides that we're enemies of the state. It's really it, it's so out of tune that it's like singing from a completely different uh, script from where the American people are, John. So I, I watched it and I. I look. I'm a student of history. I, I studied political philosophy, and the irony is that everything that he quoted as political philosophy really defends the Republican fran- uh, frame of mind. It's about you know this country was was really founded on individual liberties, and ultimately equality of opportunity for everyone, and 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 that's what the Republican Party stands for. That's why the Hispanic population is moving this way. The black population is moving Republican. There, you go state by state, and you can see that the abandonment of responsibility as a leadership by this one party rule, this Democrat rule, has really infuriated average Americans.
0: We had a crazy conversation yesterday on the podcast too, because 18 to 24 year olds are breaking Republican this election, and overwhelming is saying the Democrats aren't talking to us. They're not convincing us that they should be in charge, and that's the newest and youngest generation. Everyone thinks young voters are always going to be liberal because of the way they came through school, but really fascinating. The newest generation of voters rejecting this administration as well. I remember the great days when you were staff director and chief counsel on one of that most important House Oversight subcommittees, and you were always in the pursuit of truth. And it was hard sometimes in the Clinton years to get truth. There were a lot of falsehoods. There were documents that were hidden in the White House. And But truth really does matter. Last night, the president tried to suggest that only one party has a problem with truth. But he's a president who originally said he didn't meet with his business partners of his son. He clearly did. Uh, he claims his other son died in Iraq when he didn't. There's all of these problems that the Democrats, the social media companies, have had with truth. And they don't take any ownership of that. Do you think the Americans realize that Democrats have a truth problem as well?
3: Oh, I think that they've realized it for a long time. I mean, I I think, uh, you know, it's interesting when the Republicans and God willing, people turn out in large numbers and we flip both the House and the Senate and frankly, probably some governorships, surprisingly, and some legislatures. But at the end of the day, you you look at this, I think Americans have have gotten tired and I, I really mean the word tired. I think they've gotten tired of being lied to. And and what you know, they you know, from telling us that Afghanistan was a great success and people look at it and say, who are you talking to? You're not. We can see the facts. That's a complete telling us that your energy policy and your overspending, you know, pulling in four point one trillion dollars and spending seven point something trillion dollars didn't create inflation. That it's all somebody else's fault. It's the Russians fault. No, we're not stupid. We, we, we know what's going on out here. And the average American, the, the average moderate Democrat, the average, I mean, thoughtful Democrat, thoughtful, independent, thoughtful Republican knows So, you know, these are not true. These are things, this isn't like shading the truth. This is promoting something that is utterly untrue. You know, it's like when Biden years and years ago, I mean, we had we had telltale signs originally when he was more cogent mentally. He nevertheless had ethical issues. And and those included things like claiming that his grandfather was a coal miner because he he literally lifted an entire speech from Neil Kinnock, the labor leader in Great Britain. That was 1988. This guy has just gone way, way deep into the untruth world. But what's going to happen is when they win, they're going to have to do oversight hearings, uh, John, and they're going to fall into two or three different categories. And they're going to have to divide up the jurisdiction quickly and start that process because uh, there there's a there's a smorgasbord here of issues to go after but i i would just start at the top and say that although there are a lot of issues that relate directly to biden and his own personal uh ethics and and uh what i would argue are are certainly strong indicators of public corruption you also have issues like uh, immigration and dhs leadership that's going to be a big one the big tech collusion biden you know, uh, in stifling political opposition. Big
0: story we have this morning, 16 Republicans have sent a letter to Mallorca saying, preserve all contacts with these outside groups that you were conducting outsourced censorship with because we're coming for them in January. It's amazing to think that the Homeland Security Department, which we created to protect us from terrorist attacks, now thinks its job is to de- determine what is true and not in America. Pretty amazing. I think that's going to become a big issue next year, don't you?
3: I do. Uh, You know, uh, you know, I think it was Francis Bacon or someone like that who said that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And what has happened is in a one party government, you know, we've got we've got absolute power. And uh, but I think you're going to see other hearings, things on the energy sector, uh, likely on Fauci and gain of function research with the Chinese communists. Uh, probably the you know the tamping down of evidence by DOJ, not enforcing laws, you know anything that would create political uh, transparency about this administration, they refuse to go after the Afghanistan disaster uh, and all the decision chain on that. There's just so many issues, the IRS, the ATF. I mean, and what we did historically as a oversight committee under Gingrich was we we worked to identify the substantive issues. They did have political import. Of course, they had political import. I mean, things like mismanagement of Waco was one of the hearings that I conducted and that had to do with the behaviors of the FBI and the ATF. But it was institutional evaluation. And frankly, we are so overdue for that. You know, I'm afraid that, well, I'm not afraid. I'm I'm, I'm pleased. But I think what we're going to learn is that there's a lot more fire where we see smoke. And that's what oversight committees go after.
0: Yeah, well, you did it as well as anyone. I was cutting my teeth as a young AP reporter back then. But the oversight hearings that followed the 1994 revolution, a lot of people today feel like this moment in October 2022 is very much like October 1994. There's going to be a wave. It's going to be a mandate election where Republicans can go and fix the things that Americans are tired of dealing with. You set out and created, I think, one of the best oversight agendas that I had seen in in all the 30 years I've been in Washington. There's a moment to do that. Now, there's some real hard chargers and people like James Comer and Jim Jordan. What are the most investigations? If you came up with your priority list, you were, you were sitting there making the list like you did in 94, 95. What are the most important ones?
3: Well, I think you have to look aggressively and, and honestly and get as many documents as you can out of the White House on the relationship between the Biden family and China. I don't see how you look past that. I think you have to look at the border and uh, this disaster in immigration. I think you have to go after that. I think you have to look at uh, why this Justice Department is behaving so politically. And I I say justice as well as FBI and other leadership elements. And you have to peel that back and say, how can it be that we didn't protect Supreme Court justices who were vulnerable and who actually felt in fear of assassination? How is it that we're not enforcing a ton of laws that really uh, ought to be enforced uh, and then, why is it that we're targeting other groups? I mean, with religious discrimination and all kinds of other things there? I think that you have to do hearings that relate to the economy i mean this is these are the issues that care that Americans care about. We're not interested in window dressing we're interested in getting to the truth and getting behind the truth and correcting the problem that created. Uh, the current environment. Uh, I, I think that incompetence is is going to be an issue I think that the politicization of all of these departments I mean you literally tell me a department that has not been politicized or tell me a a Decision made by this administration on the merits that uh, that has gone. Well, there, there really aren't any and so I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be this moment of uh, it's like walking into being commissioned to clean up a room and you know that's been hit by a hurricane and walking into the room and saying oh god do i begin with where do i begin and and the answer is that the place is a mess and you got to begin somewhere and you got to be and prioritize the big things you know john we're we're at a moment where i think at the very least as long as republicans carry the house and hopefully they can carry house and senate what 's going to happen is we 're going to have to step up and be the responsible adults, and that often is the g o p historically you know the Democrats come in, they tax and spend they they pretend like uh, you know they 're drunken Democrats and they and they just go spend crazy and and then the Republicans have to come in, and it goes all the way back to Eisenhower i mean they, they have to come in and start cleaning the process up and and making the thing work again and limiting government and, 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 you know, getting our Defense Department back where it belongs, but at the same time, reducing spending on things that we don't need and never wanted. So it's going to be a long haul, but at the same time, I think it's going to be very gratifying. I think Americans are going to nod more and feel that there is accountability in their government because we have divided government.
0: Yeah. And that's what they're voting for right now. They want a check and a balance to what has gone on the last two years you always have this tactical mindset. It's really important that Republicans realize that they can't make incremental change with this sort of wave election, that there has to be palpable dramatic change. Status quo is no longer an option. When you look at the team that's likely to be in Washington on January 3rd, on January 4th, do you see people ready to make the sort of sweeping change that the American people are clearly voting for in this election?
3: Yeah, well, I, I sure hope so. You know, it's like being in the World Series and uh, you, not, you got bases loaded and it's you're at bat. You know, don't uh, <laughs> don't step up and think it'll be somebody else's turn. It's it's your turn. You, you got to step up and you got to and you got to be direct and you've got to be aggressive. You only have limited 24 months. Sounds like a long time. And really, it'll end up being about 12 before the presidential election cycle begins. And and in the end, you, you've only got a limited period of time to get the truth out. And uh, So you have to prioritize those items and you have to go after them. And then one of the reasons that you have, so people often think you have an oversight committee so that you educate the public and then, and you try to stop a bad behavior. Uh, by, by elevating it, uh, hopefully there's a shame that people stop it. But you also can cut off money. And that's another piece that they need to think about. They need to defund or unfund or, or in this, you know, we're in a continuing resolution right now when they get to real money next year, they need to start saying, no, we're not funding these crazy things and we're only going to fund the things that people really want and need.
0: The power of the purse is so transformative when it's used aggressively. You can really transform government. I saw Tommy Thompson do it with the uh, line item veto in Wisconsin in the 1980s and early 1990s. And uh, it seems like this group. I've been interviewing a lot of the key chairmen that people who would be chairman next year. Every one of them says, "Hey, just because Joe Biden's in the White House doesn't mean we can't change government. We're going to use the power of the purse." I want to. Bring an idea, because it marries with what you were just talking about. We had Andy Biggs and some of the members of Congress on our show recently, and they're talking about resurrecting a thing called the Holman Rule, something that was formed after the Civil War, to empower Congress that if there was a person who did not abide by the law, wasn't following the mandates that Congress gave them, wasn't following the law, you could defund that person, that program, that office, that agency, It was gotten rid of by Tip O'Neill in the 1980s. Paul Ryan actually brought it back on a floor vote. It actually was resurrected in 2017, but then it was never used in the three years that Donald Trump was there. It's sort of a rifle shot way of getting rid of somebody or something that isn't following the law. That sort of thing is, I think, the sort of innovative way that people are looking for this new Congress to act. Is that something you think a lot of Republicans can get behind?
3: Well, I have to study it, but to be honest, John, there are a lot of statutes on the books that we pay no attention to, and sometimes you have to dust them off, and you have to say, okay, does it have application today, uh, even though its origins were somewhere else? I, I'm not a fan of creating eclectic, you know, sort of uh, gimmickry, but if it's a real statute and it and it has the ability to, the gist is. You, you, you know, what we've, got, what we've got right now is runaway. Let's get right to the root of it. You have runaway inflation, which is really damaging people. And why do we have that? Because we have, we have shut down large portions of the energy sector, but also because this Democrat Congress and president have overspent dramatically. So the question is, could you use an act like that to claw back some of the overspending? Could you claw back the 85,000 a uh, uh, new irs investigators who incidentally are apparently asked to be armed uh, i don't want to see where that goes can you claw back some of this overspending and then use your power in the regular order to literally stop giving bills to the president that he can sign that have massive spending in them and you know you know i don't know that we're ever going to get this administration to sign off on a tax cut even though income tax cuts worked for reagan and they worked for john kennedy and they would work again but i do think you have the ability to claw back some of this money using acts like that uh, to send a signal to the administration that if they continue continue to act irresponsibly they will have both authorities and money pulled back from them, and it can be done. I, I remember again a, a little thing we talked off Mike about that when Colin Powell was the Secretary of State, and I greatly admired Colin Powell. but there was a period of time when he inherited the department uh, from someone who was a little less responsible, and there was a sense that there was no good relationship with Congress. He eventually created a very good relationship with congress but uh, but at the time it wasn't so good and and there was a senator who said, if you don't, he was on appropriations, if you don't uh, give us more of what we want, we're going to redline, we're going to defund uh, large portions of the department. And uh, that senator got uh, the congressional relations office of the department redlined. And so there had to be reprogramming of money to support that mission. Uh, And so, you know, at the end of the day, Congress does have the power of the purse. It's a very, it's it's a constitutionally awarded power. And, you know, when a president does something as crazy as do an executive order for half a trillion dollars to forgive loans that people should have been paying back, should be paying back and never wanted forgiven in the first place. You have to say, who, where is the constitutional authority for that? And so this administration, I think, is in for a real windstorm, because I think if we do it right, the Republicans will wire brush this administration, clean it up like an old grill and get this thing back in shape again. And and no, we're, we won't control the presidency, but we may be able to corral it so that it doesn't behave as irresponsibly as it's been.
0: Brilliant words. And you know, it's interesting, the words accountability and consequence have fallen from the lexicon the last couple of years. In fact, I think it was the border chief under sworn testimony recently said the problem with the Biden administration is there's no consequence for crossing the border right now. Accountability and consequence can change a lot of the mindset in Washington quickly if people realize. If you don't file a law, if you misspend money, there's going to be a consequence for that responsibility, that ethos seems to be in a lot of these new candidates. When you look at the candidates who are now surging to the front of the line for Republicans, Kerry Lake in Arizona, General boldick in New Hampshire, the word accountability and consequences is built into their lexicon. I think Americans want that. Do you think they're ready for that?
3: I think they're not only ready, I think, John, you just nailed it, it's it's about accountability. A- Americans are sick and tired of feeling they have no control over their lives, and what happens in the end, when, when a federal government goes beyond its mandate, and everybody's in a group, so, you know, group mentality is you can point the finger at somebody else, uh, it, it, it it essentially reduces trust in government, and public trust is essential for rule of law. Um, you, you do not have uh, the confidence that laws are being both enforced and and properly uh, constructed and enforced uh, and re- and respected. That the institutions are being respected when when public trust goes out the window. And what this administration has done is not only the administration, but the Senate senators and and uh, and uh, House members who are Democrats have undermined trust in themselves and in the institution. When when you say that a Supreme Court justice will quote pay. Or that, which is what Schumer said in the uh, in the in the run up to the Dobbs decision reversing Roe, or you have a decision like someone like Hassan, I think it was in New Hampshire, saying that there will be a revolution and she will push a revolution, or you have uh, if there, if Roe is reversed and 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 essentially that they will pack and that this administration has subtly but maybe not so subtly said that in the sixty days after this election they may attempt to pack the Supreme Court. All of that undermines trust, but both in them. And in the institutions that bind us together and so we have to understand is with well, these institutions are the product of our constitution and if we believe in that constitution as a formative as, as sort of the defining four corners of our representative democracy we cannot walk away from them uh, and this this these democrats have really really undermined that speech by biden last night was 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 in many ways undermining the entire two-party process by which you 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 keep balance and legitimacy and honesty in government and so if you know average americans even democrats are saying you know i may not like all these alternatives but they're better than dishonesty they're better than running it than running us into the ground with 31 trillion dollars in debt they're better than uh, dishonesty in government and so if you want rule of law if you want if you want a degree of responsibility, accountability, honesty, and results in government, you gotta elect people who swear themselves to that. And I think it's time to turn, turn this crowd out and, and put a new group in that, that gets tested.
0: Yeah, that clearly feels like the moment where, in the polls, show that the sentiment. Just uh, when I travel the country and you go and people recognize you, they come up and talk to you. The idea that hey, we, the status quo means the end of America. We have to change course is so palpable. Just talking, people are Democrat, they're independent, they're some just aren't even interested in politics, but they have that sense that the world is changing. Bobby, one of the change agents in Washington right now is Amac. There's so many amazing things that Amac does every day. You play a really important strategic role there as its national spokesman. People who want to get involved, people who want to be an election observer, people who want to understand what's going on and make a phone call to their lawmaker and solve some of the things that are there. Pretty important time to do that. How do people engage AMAC?
3: Well, I would strongly encourage that right from the get-go, they go to amac.us. And again, this is a this is as good an organization as you will find in America. It's It's in its 15th year. It's extraordinarily patriotic in its orientation, but extremely focused also on state and federal legitimacy, honesty, rule of law, accountability. that's, That's what this organization is about, sort of the inheritor of the Ronald Reagan legacy. And I would encourage people to join. It's very, very little money to join. And then... You can see once once you're inside and even, even looking at it from the outside, you can see everything from the social security benefits and and advisory options and veterans. We're very big on veterans, more than a more than a quarter of the uh, group is veterans. You can Yeah, and then you can see what you can do in this election cycle and, and by all means, right up to and including the leadership of AMAC are poll watchers. I mean we're we're out there basically, you know, put your money where your mouth is, which is to say we need to get out there, every one of us and do the hard work of, of, uh, of making sure this democracy works uh, or this republic works. And so you know, one of the things that I think the, the, the last election cycle did to all of us is it, 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 it made it clear that, uh, to borrow from Edmund Burke, uh, all it takes for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. And all it takes for lack of accountability and, and uh, irresponsibility per, to prevail is for us to sit back on our haunches and say someone else will do it. Well, AMAC doesn't believe that. AMAC believes that It's all about being active, respecting the law, but being active, getting out there, and making these institutions work for us because that's what we were handed and that's what we have to hand on. As Ronald Reagan said, uh, it doesn't uh, get passed down through the DNA. You have to work for it, you have to educate, And you have to conscientiously protect our freedoms.
0: There's an amazing thing. I just want to wrap with this and get your impression on it. So we've been talking about truth and accountability and transparency being there. There was a moment just a little over a year ago where the Democrats told us that the Georgia election law that would just required something as simple as making sure you're a citizen and you showed your ID that that was Jim Crow 2.0, that it was going to lead to a mass repression of voting in Georgia. The Major League Baseball ripped the all-star game out of Georgia to protest this alleged Jim Crow 2.0. Two things happened in the last couple of months and I want to get your impression on them. The first is An Obama-era judge looked at all of these allegations, which, by the way, were perpetrated by Stacey Abrams, a current Democratic governor's candidate, and concluded every one of them was without merit, that none of these laws precluded or infringed on the right to vote. And then open voting began in, in Georgia, and it's running way ahead of the last midterm, way ahead. The idea that something can be accountable and successful and can't be demagogued, I think Georgia becomes a living proof. Your thought about the idea that election accountability has actually increased voting in a state that took it seriously.
3: Yeah, you know, again, John, what a great uh, what a great pointer arrow at something that really is illustrative of of something going on nationwide. Uh, by the way, other another uh, case in Pennsylvania resolved similarly. I I think that you, you, you're right. What happens is. When Americans, we have to be patient, you know, the courts take time. And it's and, and one of the problems of 2020 is that while things got done quickly, you know, there was a lot, they're, they're just because of the irregularities of that election cycle, a lot of stuff didn't get examined. And it's now finally some of it being re-examined in the context of state law changes. But, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it, when you protect something the most is when you fear the most that it will be lost. And, and I think we, we realized, and we do realize, the, how precious this idea of, of making my vote count. You know, I was talking with one of my relatives yesterday about going out and making sure that they voted. And it, it, we have to, we do that because we have an inner ticker that tells us that it does count, it will count, and that's how we govern ourselves. And, and these decisions are essentially validating those of us who said, please tell us that the, that the normal protections, whether it's having a, a signed or dated ballot uh, or having validation for the vote we've cast or making sure that the votes cast are cast by people who are citizens or making sure that you are who you say you are when you cast a vote, that these are common sense elements. And now the courts are finally coming around and saying, yeah, these are common sense elements. It's very hard to argue that you should be able to not identify yourself, not date your ballot. you know, not have a legible signature. I mean, all of these things are. If, if if we're real about the idea that the vote is going to be cast by citizens and is going to be counted and that we're going to govern ourselves this way, then we need to protect that process. And these courts are finally saying, yeah, we're going to protect that process.
0: Yeah, what a novel idea that common sense would prevail in a in a nation that was created by a bunch of common sense men and women. It's a good thing that that's happening. One of the things I know, I've watched your work for years. Bobby, whether you were on the appeals court as a clerk and Congress in the State Department, you've always not only had common sense, you've always had integrity and honor and commitment to this country. Such an honor to have you on the show and such an honor to have this great partnership with AMAC. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you so much, John. And and your mission, I mean, I, I can't say enough about you. You you are truly a uh, a paragon of truth-seeking, and you've done that with all your investigations. And to be honest, we need more people like you out there doing these kinds of investigations and i think we're finally going to see some of them in congress uh this cycle
0: yeah it looks like we're going to get there this time (laughs) well thanks for those great words bobby that means a lot all right, folks, one last reminder. If you want to join AMAC because you saw how, what when, when you have a Bobby Charles working for you, you know you're good. AMAC is that good. If you want to join today, just, it's a real simple thing. Go to amac.us slash just news. You're going to get a special discount because you're in the Justin News family. You can sign up uh, like I have. Match me. I've done the five-year uh, membership. It is worth it. It's going to pay for itself time and time again. But uh, go check that out today at amac.us slash We'll all be grateful for you doing that, yourself included. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best... That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality, so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: All right, folks, welcome back. Wow, what a great show. Thanks to Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, for Bobby Charles from AMAC, one of the great Voices of Oversight and Accountability in all of Washington. Such a great friend and such keen insights. You really get a sense of why our partnership is so valuable. We'll have another great edition next Thursday of our AMAC Thursday. But thanks to Bobby Charles and, of course, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Folks, have a great night. we got another great show planned for you tomorrow. Don't miss that. God bless you. Have a great night. God bless this incredible country of the United States, as he always has. I know you know what you've been listening to. John Solomon reports the podcast from just the news. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Thanks for watching. Remember Congressman Comer on the TV show tonight to talk about that big, big development in the federal censorship investigation. Check that out. 6 p.m. Eastern time. Real America's voice. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast i delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist exploring the furthermore of every story but this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program i interview a diverse range of guests including business leaders entertainers musicians educators experts politicians and many influential figures from both the united states and around the world so why not make your mondays wednesdays and fridays a little more interesting